Today is the eve of the Buddha's enlightenment. Who is planning to stay up all night? <laughs> Here, Dogen Zenji is offering his life's contribution to the expressing and illuminating of the Buddha's way. And it's a gift. He means it for us. <laughs> this is a gift for us to take and to unpack and to open it and to open ourselves up with it too. Try it on. Try it on again. We heard in this passage some pretty salty words about those who have judgments about incomprehensibility, right? Those are for us too. But he was speaking about uh, students in China where he had trained. It seems that there was a fashion for taking the sayings and dividing them into camps. And it sounds as if the sayings that had um, more of a conversational kind of um, context container to them were being disregarded. And he thought that was deeply grievous because he saw the value of them and he wanted them not to be lost. He was afraid that this valuable part of, or foundation of Buddhist practice was going to be left aside. And so this is why he is um, so distressed here. So he's bringing this up pretty close to the front of the sutra of this writing to make sure that we don't fall into the same trap. It sounds as if the, uh, the stories that the students of Song, the shave pates, he calls them, of the land of Song, were interested in were ones that were action and illuminated something about reality before words. And the example that he gives is um, Wangbo's stick and, and um, Li Jing's shout, referring to stories of um, masters hitting students. Um, you know, the shock of that could awaken a person. Maybe the fashion has changed so that we don't talk that much about masters hitting young people with sticks. <laughs> no, we don't want to talk about those things. And um, But um, stories like Nanchuan's sickle. Do you remember he mentioned Nanchuan's sickle? Well, I personally really like that one, so I'm going to tell you that one. This is one of the more conversational ones. This is one of the ones that Dogen is holding up as not to be forgotten. Um, because it is crazy talk or incomprehensible talk. We'll see. So Nanchuan, Nanchuan or Nanzin, was a teacher who lived in China in the 8th century, and he was um, Joshu's teacher. If this is a name that rings a bell, these, lots of our old stories are connected here, and, and Basso's student. A monk was walking on his way to Nansen's monastery and saw Mon Nansen working, cutting grass. And the monk said, which is the way to Nansen Mountain, to the monastery? And Nansen himself said, he held up his sickle, and he said, I bought this sickle for 30 cents. And the monk said, I didn't ask about the sickle. I wanted to know the way to the monastery, to Nansen's monastery. And Nansen said, I'm using the sickle and I feel rather comfortable with it. 
It's such a wonderful story to me because it's kind of like, you know, this, this, uh, almost something you could tell at a party, right? Um, and it unpacks a little to show you that Nanchuan and the mountain, there's no separation between them. Nanchuan and the conversation, no separation. Nanchuan and the sickle, no separation. He's comfortable with it. Nanchuan and his work, there's no separation. And Nanchuan and the grass, no separation. And he's demonstrating this in the conversation, but the monk is maybe expecting like segues and preambles, you know, so he doesn't know. He's asking, where's Nansen? And Nansen's saying, this is me. The monk is saying, I want to study Nansen's teaching. And Nan says, here's my teaching. Nansen says, here's my teaching. So you can probably keep unfolding that story too, right? Find more and more in it. Um, it made me think about a contemporary story with Tony Hawk. I don't know how you could unfold this, but I'll leave that to you. But it feels like it'll fit in here. Do you know who Tony Hawk is, anybody? He was a skateboarding legend that was at peak popularity when my son was a boy. Mm-hmm. And I heard the story that he, he told um, I don't remember where. He said he went into a coffee shop, let's say Starbucks, to get a coffee, and the barista said, does anybody ever tell you you look just like Tony Hawk but older? (laughs) (laughs) And he said, I get that all the time. (laughs) And so the barista said, so what name for the cup? And he said, Tony. And the barista said, that's crazy, you have the same name too. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm kind of a sucker for those you don't know who you're talking to stories (laughs) Um, so Dogen is saying please don't close ourselves to whole groups of stories because they seem uncomprehensible he says that they're valuable he's saying he's saying that don't don't call them incomprehensible and don't call them comprehensible. Like, yeah, I got this. Like I just said about Nanchuan's um, sickle, you know, like I've got the explanation. I don't think I have the explanation. I think there's more to that story. Um, but if we were to grasp onto that and say, no, this is the way it is, that's the road to some kind of suffering. So, so we don't do that. We don't um, say something is definitively one thing or the other. The waters are this. The mountains are this. Or they're not. Um, We let the incomprehensibility of it be what it is and hold it lightly. As Aroshi was saying, just let it flow through us. These words, these stories, they can be with us. They can flow through us. The inconceivable is all around us. He's saying that the very water and the land around us is expressing the Dharma. Uh, But for us, it should not go into one category or another, understandable, not understandable. But how can it be other than those two? How can it be not just geology, not just the hydrology cycle that we studied in third grade? How can it not be just, um, oh yeah, that's just crazy talk. You know, we, we don't get it. How can it be not one or the other. I think this is the work that we're asked to do. And 
um, have you noticed in the sutra, Dogen Zenji says, you should study thoroughly. We must study. I, um, I think I'm going to go back and highlight every time he says, we must study. It's probably a dozen times. He really wants us to study this. I think it's not to find answers, but to understand our relation to the questions. This is practice and verification. I brought you a hot mess of a Dharma talk. <laughs> Thought I would be able to find my way through this. <laughs> the reason I think it matters and mattered to Dogen is that a student of the Buddha doesn't turn away from what we say is not understandable. There's so much in the world that's not understandable. It's incomprehensible, the enormity of the suffering in the world. But we, we don't turn away from it. And we don't glom onto it either. That's suffering. Well, I think that's the way it ties into the Buddha's teaching. The historical Buddha taught suffering and the cessation of suffering. How is it that mountains and waters are teaching us the cessation of suffering? How is it that the ancestors of China and Japan hundreds of years, uh, years ago are teaching us the cessation of suffering now? Like Dogen, I'm going to say, we will study this thoroughly. <laughs> this is all we can do in life, is turn away and suffer or turn towards and suffer or find the middle way. So happy enlightenment day, <laughs> eve of happy enlightenment day. Would you, would you like to take a few questions before you break up? Yes. Yes, I'll take questions. That would be good. So it occurs to me, you know, Dogen is, when he's writing the sutra, a lot of writings are about the how of it, how, how we're supposed to live or how we uh, stand it. And um, so what does study mean? It means to really live it. it. It's not just to go over and over the words on the page, but to, uh, um, to turn those into our life, to remember as we go through our lives, oh, I remember that there was something that Dogen Zenji said about that, this clicks, no, this clicks. And if we continually expose ourselves to teachings like this, I think we'll find that every aspect of our life has some helpful um, person of the past or the present helping us with that. Yeah. So not just with the highlighter, but you know, yeah. highlighting our lives too. Um, thank you. I, I was... Um struck by the 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 sickle story with the um this work implement that fits well and um i think that and we do uh love work in zen <laughs> we we bring it into our practice um could you talk a little bit about that how uh work and um just the things we work with are part of the dharma mm-hmm I think that we are always in motion in some way, right? Like when we're digesting, sometimes that really feels like work, you know? <laughs> um, we're always doing something. 
And um, it's always informed by the Dharma. And if we can realize that in our lives, um, that is enlightenment, isn't it? Yeah. And so whatever we pick up, these things, wakasu, um, a broom, a spatula, it can all be the activity of enlightenment, right? Because we have to pick up something anyway. We've got to do something, right? Thank you, Um So I've been uh, sort of playing for a long time with this image of the mountains walking. And I'm, I'm wondering if this kind of imaginative play could be considered studying. <laughs> so, for example... Um, um, the position of Zazen is still like a movement, and yet there's the, the heartbeat that's walking, or the breath that's kind of walking. Or um, I was walking the labyrinth uh, earlier, and I thought, well, maybe the mountain is walking the labyrinth. <laughs> or the mountain is walking forward and backwards at the same time, and that's why it's so still. Or, <laughs> or you, um, you're walking by a mountain. But maybe it's you that's still, and it's the mountain that's moving. You know, so I don't know if, if uh, that's frivolous or... <laughs> each one sort of, I can sort of feel, feel something. I love hearing that you are constantly thinking about the mountain walking. <laughs> it's always with you, isn't it? <laughs> and the waters are coming along too. That sounds like the practice and verification. That sounds like the study that we're asked to do. You know, like, here it is. Oh, I've thought of it. Here it is. Maybe this is it. Let's look into this. It sounds like fun too. <laughs> it sounds like fun too. It's very fun you said play. So I, I also um, read that the philosopher's stone in alchemy can be considered a stone, hard stone, or it can be the movement of like the river of life or the water of life. That both at the same time, it's a solid stone, and at the same time, it's the water of life. Hmm. <laughs> those those things were formed in the belly of a goat, right? Isn't that right? And the, so obviously there was a lot of flow of whatever goes through a goat, right? So they create those things. <laughs> so uh, thinking about this. Galen said yesterday, I was not understanding and you know what you're saying. Um, I just remember going through school and then I was like really interested in learning what my teachers knew because I felt that they, they knew everything. So <laughs> it'd be nice to know what they knew. And then uh, as you get like, older and you go through more forces, you realize there's still a lot that we don't know. And even like the best scientists in the world, you know, they're, they're looking at things. And I was just listening to a, an article, a podcast, I guess. And they were talking about how 
with the matter that we see in the universe. Uh, that's there's five times more dark matter, stuff that we don't know. Exactly. So we're still trying to figure out what it is. So it's really curious, you know. It seems like to me, the more that we try to know, the more that we figure out. Yes. So much more we don't know. Yeah. So, uh, is that saying that very fit? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Do you remember? I know. I mean, none of us were alive, but at the beginning of the 20th century, the physicists said, "We got it. We figured everything out about physics." Do you know that they said we've come to the end of our study of new things about physics? I think we're so wrong, right? So it's a cautionary tale. I think none of us should say, yeah, we've come to the end, conclusive answers and textbooks, and we're done. And do that about our story, our own story, our lives, or anything, really, because we're incomprehensible. 